All right, God bless you tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And the title of my teaching tonight is John 10.10 and beyond. John 10.10 and beyond. God's call to us, the believer, is an upward calling. And it is something that you and I are to be striving for each and every day. We are called by God to rise to the greatness of his word and not to bring his word down to our level or to our level of understanding. This is why I continuously encourage the believers to work the word for themselves. I encourage believers to do what's called word searches and to allow this word of God from Genesis to Revelation to speak for itself. Please take your Bibles and let's go to John tonight. Chapter 10 is where we'll start. John chapter 10, very familiar verse to most of us. And look what Jesus Christ says here in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says the thief, and in this language he's describing the devil, the adversary, the God of this world. And he tells us what this thief, this adversary comes to do. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Then Jesus Christ sets in contrast to the objectives of the adversary what he comes to do. I am come that they might have life. But he doesn't stop right there. He has something even more dynamically to say. And that they might have it how? More abundantly. More abundantly is the life that Jesus Christ came to make available to us. And this more than abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give us is in every phase of life. Every phase of life. He came to give us a more abundant life spiritually, physically, and materially. He came to give us a more abundant life in our relationships. And the list just goes on and on. And as I was saying earlier, we should be doing word searches. And something I've just been noticing lately in my own private study, and that is, as we do word searches in the scriptures, the word search will remove all the guesswork and private interpretation that often creeps into the word. We often have guesswork. We often have private interpretation. Another way of calling that, we often give our opinion around what the word says. But when we read the word and search it line by line, verse by verse, as we look at words throughout the context of the scripture, it begins to remove all the guesswork out of the word and it begins to remove all the private interpretation. Now, here's what I want to jump off into for just a little bit tonight. In John 10, 10, the words more abundantly at the end of that verse is one Greek word and that word is parasos or perisos. And it is an adjective in the Greek. And then I had to go and look it up, see what Strong's in his uh, concordance to the New Testament has to say about it. And then I looked it up in Thayer's to see what he has to say about it in his lexicon to the New Testament. And it's just mind-blowing. It's way beyond in what, what we've given credit for. So I see how the adversary is just constantly eroding the greatness of God's word in people's minds and hearts. In Strong's, notice how he describes uh, Parasos here. 
He said it means beyond. He says it means super abundant in quantity or superior in quality. Let's say that again. He says that this word parasas more abundantly is beyond. It's super abundant in quantity or superior in quality. Let that one sink in for a few minutes. And then Thayer's just kind of takes it over the top. He just kind of takes it and slam dunks it for us. And Thayer's, he says, listen to this, opening line of his definition, exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. Keep that in mind because that's going to come up. Exceeding some number or measure or rank or need. He also describes it as over and above, more than necessary, super added, he says. Now listen to these words also that he uses to describe. Superior, extraordinary, surpassing, and here's one I love, uncommon. All of that is used to describe this what Jesus Christ said he came to bring to us, he came to bring us life and that that life would be more abundantly. Parasos, or parasos is the word. But despite all this wonderful understanding, it still does not represent perfection. Perfection is not available until the return of Jesus Christ. And then we put off what Paul calls these vile bodies and we get a glorious spirit body like Jesus Christ has. But I can tell you something tonight, what this is not. This more than abundant life is not just having your need met. This more than abundant life isn't a life that is just without need. That's a nice little cliche, I think, that is moving around in our head and our thinking, but it's not the accuracy of the word. This more abundant life is exactly what it is. It's beyond is super abundant in quantity or superior in quality. It exceeds some number or measure or rank or need. So if in your head the more abundant life hypothetically is the number 100, according to theirs, it exceeds that number. If your definition of the more abundant life is this set measure of things, God says it's beyond the measure. If your definition is some particular rank, then God says this more than abundant life is beyond that rank. And then he also says if you think that the more abundant life is just him meeting your need, it's beyond the need. Isn't that fantastic? And we got to get our minds and our heads and our hearts around that. And then we got to confess what this word says and stop, stop, stop settling for less than what the word says. If you and I are living this more than abundant life, then what we have should begin to overflow in our lives and then begin to overflow in the life of others. That's one of the measuring sticks I've used in my personal life to see if I am living the more abundant life. So if I have an abundance of the word of God in my head and heart, then that abundance should overflow out of me and into the life of other people. Otherwise, I don't have an abundance of the word in my life. 
How about that? If I have joy, as the word says, and I have an abundance of joy, then that joy should overflow in my life and into the lives of others. Oh, here's one that's always troubling sometimes for people. What about financial and material prosperity? If I truly have financial abundance, then that should overflow into, out of my life and into the life of someone else. That's the more abundant life. That's what God has called us to. Look at Ephesians, please, chapter 3. John 10.10 10 and beyond. Ephesians, the greatest revelation ever written by man, the greatest revelation ever given to the church, written by the Apostle Paul. Paul was the writer, God was the author of these words, and look what he says here in Ephesians 3 and 20. Paul writes, now unto him, him refers to God, now unto him, God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. Now unto God, Paul says, that is able. And some people have forgotten this. And that is that God's ability equals God's willingness. What God is able to do, he's willing to do. And what God is willing to do, he's able to do. God is able and willing to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or what? Think. Now, for so long, we've been thinking the standard is John 10.10. God just says right there in Ephesians 3.20, he blows that out of the water. He tells us he's able to go exceeding abundantly beyond John 10.10. And he will do it for us in the grace administration. He will do it for us, his beloved uh, sons and daughters, if we would just believe him. If we would just confess this and stop lowering our confession because, oh, I haven't quite lived up to it, so maybe that's not what God really meant. No, nope, no, no, that's not how it works. See, in John 10, 10, Jesus Christ is speaking to Israel. But what you and I have is greater in our day, in our time, and in our hour. This Ephesians 3.20 is John 10.10 10 and beyond. It is a new day and it's a new time. Now for us to live John 10.10 10 and beyond requires believing. Look at Hebrews, please. It requires believing. Hebrews chapter 11. is to get ourselves fully persuaded around God and his word. That's what it means. We get ourselves fully persuaded around God and his word. That's what it means to believe. And you know this great verse here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, the word faith is the Greek word pistis, which can also mean believing. But without believing, it is impossible to please him, meaning please God. For he... That's man or woman that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he, God, is a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently seek him. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if we diligently seek God our father by way of his word, what is our reward? 
It's John 10, 10 and beyond. That's our reward. And if you don't hear anything else I say tonight, stop settling. When we settle, the adversary enjoys that. He gets his kicks and pleasure that he's got. He's caused us to come up short of what God has promised to us in his word. You just got to be specific and particular about what this word says. God doesn't God isn't here just simply to meet our need. He wants to go beyond that. Why? Because we're his sons and daughters. That's why. Man, I know sense knowledge people, body, soul, man, not even born again, who are living life according to the five senses. If you look at them, they don't have any need. So are they living the more abundant life? Can't be. The more abundant life is that which is uncommon. Now, I know this might challenge some of us, and that's exactly why I'm teaching it. Let's get our minds back up to what the word says and not our private interpretation, not our opinion and not guesswork. Work the word for yourself so that you see it and then you decide to believe it. Look at 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. Look at this wonderful verse. This is in light of some things we got into Sunday on giving and receiving. Financial giving to move the greatness of God's word. And this is part of the section we looked at. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look what it says in verse 6. Paul writes, but this I say. He was so sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he was so bountifully shall reap also what? Bountifully. Isn't it interesting how so much of what God has for us, he puts it into our hands. He's already accomplished what he needed to accomplish for us through Jesus Christ. Now we get to decide whether or not we're going to believe what it says. See, you and I, <coughs> we determine what we receive in life by our believing and our giving. We decide. He says it right there. If you're going to sow sparingly, what's going to happen? You're going to reap sparingly. So why be surprised? It's right in the word. But if I sow bountifully, and that also means financial giving, if I sow bountifully, what does the word promise? I'm going to reap bountifully. Verse 7. Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not how? Grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Then verse 8, first word says, and. Bad King James. It isn't the word and. It should be the Greek word that means then. T-H-E-N. Then. See? And I was taught whenever we read the word then, in the scriptures, we should ask ourselves the question, then when? Okay, he says then, then God is able. When is God able? After we have fulfilled what is in verses 6 and 7. That's exactly what it means and that's what it's saying. Then God is able. Not only is God able, he's willing to make all grace, all of his divine favor, He's willing to make all grace do what? Abound. Abound toward you. That ye always having how much sufficiency? All. 
all sufficiency in how many things? All things may what? Abound. Look at that. To every what? Good work. Every good work that's lined out in God's word. That's what God wants to do for us. Isn't that fantastic? Now notice here in verse 8, the word all appears three times. And then this word abound appears two times. Three plus two is what? Five. Five is the number for grace. Look how fantastic that is. See? And notice this word abound. Remember in John 10, 10, it was the Greek word uh, per parasu, or excuse me, parasos in uh, John 10, 10. And here in uh, 2 Corinthians, it's the Greek word parasuu. Very related words in the Greek. They're just spelled different. One is uh, an adjective and this one is a verb. Now this word abound here is exactly what it is. It means to abound. It means to overflow. That's what God wants to have happen in our lives. See what I'm saying? It isn't that God just wants to meet your need. He wants to overflow things to you. This word abound here and eight is like John 10, 10 on steroids. That's what this is about. This is what God wants to do for us. This is why I'm entitling tonight what I'm sharing with you, John 10, 10 and beyond. That's what's available to us. Now, we get talked out of it a lot, me included, by words and concepts. But we got to get our thinking back up to what this word says. Write this down and you can go back and look at it later. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. This is where the serpent begins to beguile and seduce Eve. And he says to her in a question, Yea, have God said? See? And it's the sarcasm, it's the darkness that's in that statement. Has God really said Eve? Well, guess what? I don't know if you want to call us modern day Adam and Eve, whatever you want to call us. We're sons of God. It's the same thing he's doing today. Did God really say more than abundant? Did God really say exceeding abundantly above? I think you should rest right here on just having your need met. See, it's the adversary. Don't let him talk you out of the greatness of God's word. Let's go work it. Go work the word and then decide to live it. What is available to us in John 10, 10 and beyond is in every phase and in every category of life. It's the more than abundant life. It's exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think spiritually. It is exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think in the physical and material world. It is exceeding abundantly above all that we can think in terms of relationships and interactions with others. And it most certainly is exceeding abundantly above all that we can think in terms of our marriages and our families. Let's go live John 10, 10 and let's move beyond what it says here because we have Ephesians 3.20 to back it up. God wants to do. God is able and he's willing and he wants to do that which is exceeding abundantly above all that you and I could ever ask and could ever think. My goodness, people, what a God and what a heavenly father we have 
to call our sufficiency and to lean and depend on. God bless. That's what I wanted to share with you.